Hello! Welcome to a special episode of We Have Issues. I'm Anthony. I'm Thor. So welcome to the Halloween episode. Uh, normally we normally we record for about two hours. Uh, the editing goes really smoothly. For whatever reason, my software slash my stupid brain couldn't figure out how to not make the video skip last week. And it was killing me. It broke my soul. I didn't get any writing done. I was just, I was literally staring at the computer trying to edit this like really terribly laggy video for hours at a time. And I was only getting like five to 10 minutes done at a time. And I just couldn't handle it. It was killing my soul. And so I got to the point where I was like, okay, I, so I did, I, I tried to chop up the video and export it and it just took all of this time and it was just soul crushing in the meantime. Um, but while I, I finally worked through it, I, we got the last episode out, I had to cut out some things that I'd rather keep in and it wasn't as pretty as it could have been, but whatever, <laughs> that's what we're doing. Um, yeah, there was a couple harsh cuts, but it is what it is. I mean, we're, we're, we're a podcast about working on a comic. The real goal is the comic people as, as, as much as it doesn't seem that way at times, that's that's the true goal that we're trying to accomplish. That and obviously the ostrich colony. I feel like you're embodying the character. Like you are basically the dude from uh, the Big Lebowski <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm I'm almost intimidating being next to like your presence. Well, you know, Across. man, that's just like you know, like your opinion. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good though i love that costume um <laughs> tina did a great job it looks really thank good. you her the hair man like yeah she <laughs> yeah by the way if you don't know my my amazing incredible wife who we just celebrated because we've only been married for three years in january which is because mm -hmm. i'm a horrible human being and didn't propose to her but this past or yesterday was our 13 year like date anniversary since we've been together so wow but yeah she's an amazing hairstylist so she like greased up my hair with some texture paste and like she like dread like not dread like she like uh braided all of it and then right. just teased it all with the comb and it just did an awesome job yeah it totally works mm -hmm. it looks awesome and i'm jealous and also jealous of your 13 year awesome relationship yeah uh we had some pretty good feedback from our episode last week about you and your relationship expert skills so uh <laughs> which you know, one of our fans is basically like has like the same story as me which is which is awesome so really interesting well first of all it's really interesting that we have a fan <laughs> yeah. honestly they're, they're like my favorite three people in the world right now though yeah that's true i we have to do something about that we will draw you at some point steven will draw you at some you point will be, you will be honorable mentions that's right so okay so we know that i had issues um with the editing and trying to fix the podcast however i completed my chapter yeah. um you got further than i did buddy <laughs> so, so well, what were your issues? Uh, did you, how much did you end up getting done? So I do have a uh, page two as it stands, as we're recording the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, page two is basically final blued. Uh, I'll send that file to you so you can show them here. Um, but uh, I did not get the fine pencils done, which I did want to complete. And I did not complete that this week. Uh, from well, like, failure. <laughs> <laughs> combo breaker steven <laughs> we were doing it we up until this point i'm kidding i actually like i literally sent you my my stuff this morning so yeah I it's true and like honestly um today okay so yesterday was our our 13 years so i i went to um we booked this thing at cafe you like uh which i don't know if, i'm sure it's 
we booked this thing like a month ago. It was like a six course dinner. It was like 55 ahead or something like that. So I was like, let's do that for a day. It's literally on the same day as our date anniversary. Let's just do that. So uh, the girls spent the night at their aunt and uncles and we went over there. We had like a six course dinner. It was yeah. awesome. And wait, then we, we, wait a sec. Wait a second. I'm sorry. First of all, $55 for six separate courses sounds fantastic. But I can't, because I'm stupid and also poor, wrap my head around what six courses would be. I feel like Dude, three is... it blew my mind, too, because dessert was five. So, like, but, what? so, yeah. Second dessert? Is there a second breakfast? No, dude. So, okay, so, first, <laughs> dude, it was fantastic. I'm going to try to remember. Actually, you know what I think? No, I didn't take a picture. Tina did, but... I'm going to try to remember what every course was. And you can feel free to edit this out if you want. Let's or do this. Course one. <laughs> course one. It was a corn soup. It was like, I would say like a smoky. Course two. <laughs> it was the salmon. The salmon tartare. So it was a salmon tartare thing with like, with like sliced on. It was like basically sushi without rice. Pickled yeah, yeah. onion. It was amazing. Course, course three. three. Uh, it was a Japanese style duck meatball with a, a mango puree, like gin, mango ginger puree. Course four, the filet mignon with, it was sous vide and green peppercorn. So it was like super tender, mm -hmm. had like a nice demi glaze with it. Course five was a chocolate torte with espresso ganache. So like this, like- That sounds really good. Amazing espresso. And then dude, the final course was a cheese plate. And one of the cheeses- okay. yeah, One of the cheeses was a truffled smoked gouda and it was like mind-blowing like i'm gonna try to find it and the next time you're over we're gonna have yeah. some truffle oh, smoked that. gouda because it was dumb it was so dumb i was I, that sounds amazing first of all um now you, you can't promise me that and then not have it so it's gonna happen <laughs> uh it. but but that does remind me so i was thinking about this the other day where i was like we've been doing this podcast for like almost two months now and we haven't seen each other in a while dude it, like i feel like we like like we satisfied the seeing yeah. each other itch by the podcast but like yeah. yeah man i haven't physically gotten to hug you in like two <laughs> yeah. or three months it's crazy <laughs> like it's a, it's funny because i'm like i miss steven i talk to steven every week and it's great but i miss <laughs> steven i was saying i was yeah. like like Alice and I need to go over your house and hang out just for sure. Stuff, because, we need to, like, yeah, it's a play date for sure. I miss playing music in person. Yeah, you know? we need, and like, that's yeah. We haven't been able to really do anything on the music front. Yeah, because of that too. Like obviously, I mean, we'll see what happens when all said and done with this particular comic. But the plan with this particular comic is to write like a short four to six song EP to basically coincide with the for character sure. and the songs that are happening in the issue. So. Yeah. Um, that is the plan. Let's talk about the music really quick, just because we haven't talked about it a lot on the podcast, and I've been thinking about it a lot. Do you think it should be all, like, like diegetic? Like, um, should the songs be specifically, or should there be songs about the story itself, or should the songs simply be the songs that are on the record? Or should so, both? So, Deer Hunter, the Deer, or the Deer Hunter does an awesome thing okay. where... He tells like, you know, and like he tells the story, but then he has like these Oracle characters that okay. like, I like that. almost like a Shakespearean play or like yeah. something like that, that basically explain what's going to happen. Like mm -hmm. in like this ominous way. It's so awesome. At the beginning That's of like cool. each of their albums, there's like these Oracles that like, that come and like basically explain to the boy, like he needs to like not go any further, but he continues to go further because he's making horrible decisions. But, uh, but yeah, maybe something like that. Maybe we could have not necessarily well, like an Oracle style character, well, maybe, but like, we could well, have like, world building basically yeah well i was gonna say maybe what we can do is we can have consistency within like a few songs like maybe we can have a song like bookend it and then have one in the middle of like a narration song where it's mm -hmm. the, like the there's a consistency with tone and like the genre 
So we can kind of have those three songs almost, they could even probably have the same music, but they mm -hmm. would tell the story. And then the other songs we would have kind of like the record player sound and we mm -hmm. know that we're, we're cutting it, <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, which, how do you feel about that? Like from what you've read in the script, I, we kind of cut back to that slide through time um, with the record player changing. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? Does that? I'm, I'm nervous about capturing it, but I think I'll be able to. I think with like enough frames, like yeah. doing the hiccup, like I'm imagining like a bouncing disc, mm -hmm. you know, like something like that. So, but yeah. I think that's a really cool way to show like, hey man, you're not following the, the pattern. You're, you're not groundhog daying properly. Right. You know, like you need to, you know, I'm going to keep resetting you basically yeah. until you get this right. And I think mm -hmm. it's a really cool way to do it. Okay. The new chapter, there were a couple of repeats. I, I get worried about like boring the reader or boring you. I know sometimes you're going to be able to like reuse panels and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but what do you think as far as how it's reading about, you know, how we're reusing moments and stuff? Do you think it's going to be okay? Oh yeah. And I think those are going to allow us to understand better of what's happening. Yeah. You know, we need to clearly show it's the exact same camera angle shot for shots. The reason why I'm not going full digital mm -hmm. um, is I do want to have like, if we do a Kickstarter, like when we do a Kickstarter, I do want to have like physical things and like things like that. So I'm, I'm like really working on getting these full Bristol board, uh, 11 by 17 full size boards, like mm -hmm. with fine pencils on them. So there is like, actual original art that can be held i would like a couple of the pages for sure that's what I was, and you were even saying that too and that's true like who knows how many we're actually if we do do a kickstarter for the pages who knows how many we'll actually put up we'll probably want to end up keeping some like i'm going to want to keep some of the originals from the first issue we uh -huh. publish or yeah. we try to publish basically you know i mean we're going um, to publish so yeah. it's you know. regardless right it's, yeah. it's gonna be if, well, it's, if it's not through somebody it's going to be through ostrich colony comics so. i love ostrich colony comics which <laughs> by the way check this out <laughs> but no i really i really do like that i'm actually i think that it's helped me a lot to um kind of gain the perspective of comics as being a job <laughs> you know like mm -hmm. like a, a way a career that you can kind of cultivate yourself through yeah. just simply doing it by simply working at it and putting the books on the market it's a continuing job. It's a, you know, it's, it becomes passive income over time and, you know, you just continue to work. Um, I, cause I, I think I've always had like the, the faulty uh, mentality of just like, we need to find the book that's going to get us published by image, or we need to get to find the mm -hmm. book that's going to get us published by, you know, dark, dark horse and get us a job at DC and, you know, and all this <laughs> stuff. But the truth is if we make the books that we want to make, people are going to respond to them there they will find an audience no matter how small and you know as long as we continue i think that audience will stay with us and grow and you know we'll see if you what book happens. them they will come like yeah. basically and like yeah like we're we're trying to jump to the middle or the end of the story and like we just need to live the journey man like let's exactly. just like do it the right way because that's the enjoy that's the enjoyable part anyway like we're gonna look back if you know i'm not gonna say if when we become successful within the comic book industry um, we're going to look back at these moments as just like these treasured moments, like this little journey that we took that, you know, we were both going to wish we started sooner, but like, yeah, dude, the story that I always tell myself whenever I think like it's too late, cause I'm 33 now. Mm -hmm. Um, I always like think of, um, oh, why can't I think of his name? Snape, uh, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, his breakthrough role as an actor was Hans Gruber at 47 years old. Yeah, dude. Like, that's, yep. that's crazy. Like, his fine like when he finally came like and like he became a household name like 
So like, no, it's never too late. Like it really isn't like people say that and it sounds like super, like almost too hopeful, but no, it really never is too late. Like there's no rules to this life as like, I mean, like you just, there's certain ones, there's certain things you have to play by, you know, like, but like, as far as like, like write the rules, man, like do what you got to do to do what you got to do basically. Yeah. I mean, not not to mention, you know, we define our own success, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm Mm -hmm. this, when I, when I stop and I think about my life, just like in the moment, like, this is awesome. I'm so much, like, I have so much fun doing this stuff with you. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's part of, that's like recognizing that the journey is just enjoyable. You know, like, I love this and I don't really care what the reward is at the end of it. Because it's, you know, it's because what we're doing, we enjoy and we believe in. So it is in itself its own reward, which is cool, you know, and yeah, I, I like that. You know, and I don't, I don't think that like everything I do in my life feels that way. You know, like I know, like when I go to work, I don't feel like this is rewarding. I have to have other, like a different perspective while I'm there in order to just get through it and enjoy it in some sense. For sure. Like, I'm super thankful for my job. Like my job, like my hours that I work, like I'm off by 3.30 every day, Monday through Friday. You know, my job affords me so many, so much like evening opportunity to do so many things. But like, yeah, I don't want to like be doing pavers forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to like, it'd be amazing. It would be so amazing to like get paid to do your art. I mean, that's like, I think every artist's dream, of course. I'm very thankful for where I'm at. I'm just at that point in my life now where I'm just afraid of losing stuff now. Like I'm like, I'm not like worried about like things I used to be worried about, you know? Yeah. Oh no, of course. Um, I mean, I'm worried about losing stuff too. Like after we make this comic, when you realize that you can be doing art for other people and making Anthony, a lot of money hearing it. <laughs> I am loyal. My relationship is testament. Like I'm just loyal to the people I'm loyal to. Like yeah. there's no way. And I think it's going to be the other way around because like I look at my own artwork and like, I mean, of course it's, it's good for what I can do, but like, I just, man, like, and like, we, I think we discussed this a little bit. I don't know if it made the last episode, but like there's this, such discour- like you'll see other people's art man and it's just so discouraging it's like they're so incredible but then yeah. you gotta remember that some people probably look at your art that way too like sure. you just gotta embrace your style you know you just gotta and yeah. like but i think your i think your writing is better than my my pencil but if you think it's the other way around yeah. i mean we're, that just that just I makes like us that a- though i think that's good because that means we're kind of harmonizing in a way you know that's it I yeah. think I mm-hmm. complimenting. We basically have the Tina and Steven relationship. For sure. <laughs> it's just with I, Anthony and Steven. <laughs> I get to finally be Steven, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking the last, not the last, the second to last chapter of the book, the one I'm going to write next, um, you and Tina are both going to be in it. And it's going to mm-hmm. be basically the very beginning of your relationship. I think it would be funny to kind of put a couple nods about how obsessed Tina is with you <laughs> in there. Um, but I mean, nothing too big, but yeah. So it's it, because the, the scene is going to be a fictional scene that's um, kind of like thematically real and like conversations and sort of the sort of stuff that we've, we've talked about, but not in that time of our lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be basically about how I met or when I met Voldemort is the next chapter I'm going, going to have to write. Um, by the way, BT dubs by the dubs. Um, I told Voldemort about this podcast and the fact that <laughs> we call her Voldemort because I didn't want, I, I definitely didn't want her to discover it like accidentally and have any kind of feelings about it. So I just brought it up to her and I told her and I explained and she thought it was hilarious. So she gave us her blessing for, you know, and that's something that is admirable for both of you or mm. admirable admirable 
I'm having a Fozzie Moto moment. But anyway, um, <laughs> Fozzie, by the way, Fozzie Moto right here as well. I don't know if you, I don't know if you folks could see that at home, but Fozzie Moto, but Fozzie <laughs> Moto. <laughs> um, well, but yeah, like I think it's awesome, like that you do have like this pretty awesome, like as much as it is like a co-parent relationship, like where you guys are still like human to one another basically you're not yeah. like you know completely bitter yeah there's no like like hate or anything like that it's, it's a good situation i mean i would never come from you i just i'm just saying yeah I, I know what you mean um she's a monster and i tolerate her <laughs> <laughs> no i'm kidding i, I would never say anything bad about her i like obviously you know like i haven't really talked about it on this podcast like what happened i, I because i don't know i don't know what's right there i'm not sure how to like tow that you know that wire you know just mm -hmm. it kind of seems like i i don't want to i don't want to make her seem like a villain or i don't want to make it seem like i'm trying to make her a villain so it's you know but basically she did some things that were regrettable because we had like a distance in our relationship and you know she's shown remorse since but it was you know we went way beyond the point of re re you know, reconciliation and yeah, so, you know, kind of just altered the trajectory of both of our lives forever. However, she's still the person I chose to ask to marry me. You know, it's like, she's she's the person I wanted, you know, to have a child with. We chose to have a child together. So it's, I don't know, I never, I would never say anything bad about her. I don't think she's a bad person. I think that she's a person who did bad things. And there's a difference, you know? Yeah, so. and that happens. I mean, people make poor choices. I made poor choices. Like, it just happens um but yeah it's i'm just saying that's something i've noticed it's really awesome i mean it's like almost it sounds wrong but it's almost just expected that that would be your response to handle i wouldn't ex i wouldn't expect anything different from you really um but yeah it's just cool that that's like a you you guys have a working relationship basically. yeah it's cool. um so what people don't know is that no i'm kidding <laughs> no i don't I was, I, it's funny because i think one of the most interesting things is Hopefully she doesn't listen to this. I don't want to hurt her feelings at all. Um, so Voldemort did a thing, a thing that many people do, fall into a trap, um, and she did something that broke up our relationship. And after I left the house with my son, um, she was in a relationship with the thing that broke up our relationship. And then that thing died suddenly, just out of nowhere, suddenly was no longer a thing, which... I mean, it was like a, a a perfect bow that the universe tied for me emotionally because I was like, well, there's no turning back now, you know, no matter what happened in that situation, I would never feel like I was a choice that was made, you know, so it, it, like, I know that at one point after what happened happened, I had to have the conversation with myself about forgiveness and what it means to, you know, love someone and move forward in a relationship despite things and if like if you can get over certain like you know certain things like infidelity um it, i've never tried i've never had to do that before and especially given that situation the fact that we have a son and we were you know in the relationship we were in i just i was at a loss i didn't know what to do and i was just like trying really hard to be a forgiving person and just love her regardless but i got to the point where it's just like I need to protect myself also and my son and it just it felt like the right thing to do to move forward and on and then after he died I was just I knew 
that there wouldn't there there would never be a reconciliation because I'd always feel like a consolation prize, you know? Um Yeah, like basically she's choosing him now because her other yeah. yeah that's, so yeah, you know, so I just I so it you know, I, I as much as I know it hurt her and obviously his family, which is like awful, um help me move on and it was bizarre that i learned that i have the power to do that to people i did okay i did after that happened i did like have some questions about my my mental abilities and whether or not i wish <laughs> a person accidentally and i was just like that's not something i would ever have considered otherwise i'd, I'd never be like i wonder if people have the ability to kill others with looks like mm. I never would have thought of that, but I did. I did consider it for a while. I was like, maybe I have this power. I hope to never use it again, or do I? <laughs> obviously, you had a really busy week. Um, it's Halloween time. It's spooky season, obviously. Uh, every mm -hmm. October and throughout the year. I, honestly, I watch horror movies randomly whenever they come out, and I don't really... <laughs> I feel no shame. Um, however, around this time, I do watch more horror movies, uh, you know, and... I watched, I've watched a bunch this year because I'm a single person who doesn't have anything else to do but write, do this podcast, spend time with my son. But after he goes to bed, it's just time to watch horror movies. So <laughs> um, every October, I watch a lot of horror movies. I've been watching so many movies. It's crazy. Like I watched um, The Wolf of Snow Hollow last night, which is a really good movie. Um, but you're, you know how there are some movies like, okay, I think Hot Rod's a perfect example of this. Like there's some movies that you're like, <laughs> I love this. Not for everyone. It's not <laughs> for everyone. Cool, like, cool beans, beans, cool beans. Like, no, this is not for everybody. It's not for everybody. And it, like, I think the funniest thing is like most things are, you know, subjective to some extent where it's like nothing's for, most things aren't for everybody. But there are some things specifically that I'm like, some. this is so polarizing that someone, that there are going to be people <laughs> who hate this, you know, like people are going to hate this but I like it, you know? So it's, I, mm -hmm. I never know. I try to like recognize those um, and like where they fall on that spectrum and like whether or not I should share them with people because sometimes I don't want to hear st people's stupid opinions about things that I love. <laughs> yeah, I just want to enjoy what I enjoy about it and like not have to hear what you have to say about it. Like, yeah. I, no, I'm 100% with you. In fact, like if I start reading comments, like if I just happen to like yeah. browse something and it just upsets me, it's like, because uh, I don't do that you know what I'm saying like if I watch something that's not my cup of tea I just accept it as not my flavor and I move on like I don't go to like the page and like just like start ripping the writers or the actors asunder for their inability to do what I wanted them to do that's just crazy yeah. to me like Dude, like so long as everyone's having a good time there's no reason to be a poopy pants about it like that's 100 like if you don't like, like if you don't like it don't like it that's fine yeah. every once in a while every once in a while i'll try to help someone gain some perspective like if i you know if someone's just like okay like home alone right like let's just like mm -hmm. like if there's someone who's just like I only watch Terrence Malick movies and David Lynch films and I Home Alone is disgusting. And I like, yeah, I'm just like, listen. It wasn't made first for First of all. First of all, yeah. <laughs> John Hughes. First of all, yeah. First of all, you're wrong. Is a, is a damn treasure. John Hughes was a damn treasure. Yeah, he he was is yeah. still even after his death. So yeah. like if you don't like Home Alone, <sighs> actually um, and stop telling me. 
Exactly. Just, 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 just stop. Just, just zip it up. Lock it up. Um, yeah, that was actually one of the first things that I should have acknowledged as a red flag with Voldemort, where she told me she didn't like Ferris Bueller. And I was just like, <gasps> deep breaths. Um, most of my life has been inspired by Ferris Bueller. <laughs> um, I was like, it's not just Cameron alone. Just, Cameron's yeah. like, Cameron's I, like, Cameron's life fuel. Okay. Yes, like, he's yeah. like, I was like, do you understand that, like, I am Cameron and I aspire to be Bueller? <laughs> like, this is, this is my life here that you're talking about. And you're telling me that it's not for you. I should have recognized that as a sign and I should have run away. Um, you should have butterwicked that situation is what you should have done. Yeah, that's true. So there's this, there's this hypothetical creature we call Butterwick. <laughs> um, he's not a real person by any stretch of the imagination. But he's a sage. Yeah. He's a wise, wise man. A wise, wise man. I just remember, so there was this, uh, we were at this party once years ago, like just after high school. Um, and Butterwick, who by any measure was not one that you'd imagine would ever turn away any attention. And if you looked at him, he'd be the character that they would typecast as like the dorky guy who gets made fun of a little in 80s movies. He's not even the main character, you know? Um, so, mm -hmm. so like, if, if you were going to cast him in a movie, you'd be like, that guy's not going to get the girl by the end of this movie. And he's never going to turn away a girl if he gets any attention. He's going to fawn after them, run after them. However, that was not who Butterwick was. Um, so we went to this party. He's a strong man. Butterwick made, like, a, a quick Star Wars reference. And a girl said, ew, Star Wars? And Butterwick's response was, you're not the girl for me. And he turned around and he walked You're not away. the girl for me. <laughs> he said, you're not the girl for me. Turned around and he walked away forever. Um, which was never, the coolest. Never looked at her again. Never looked at her again. Still, to this day, one of the best things I've ever seen another human being do. Like, I was, I was amazing. I was so happy in that moment to watch that happen. Um, rude. Probably I mean, rude. He smashed a table or something. But, oh, yeah. He probably, yeah. He was also a hypothetical character who would sometimes smash tables and just destroy things. And he wasn't great all the time. However, that was amazing. So. Mm. But, yeah. So. How did we get to Butterwick? How did you... <laughs> Hang on. You should have known that Voldemort oh, I... was not the girl for you because she did not like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is insane. Yeah, so she didn't like Ferris Bueller. Um, she actually didn't like any of the John Hughes movies. And I tried to... Uh, I tried to just accept that and swallow it as... like, Because I have trouble with like subjective things, with knowing, like, okay, maybe it's just because... I grew up with these movies that they were very important to me. I can't, I don't even trust myself right now to say whether or not Breakfast Club is a good movie or a bad movie. I don't think I can do that. I don't like, I don't think as someone who loves cinema and loves writing and could, you know, I like, I'm, I, I adore filmmaking in general to the extent that like a lot of these books just are about screenwriting and directing and filmmaking. I cannot tell you if any of his movies are actually good, but <laughs> I'll promise you that they're all brilliant and he was a genius. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I don't know. I, I didn't know how to feel about that. And I tried to just kind of, you know, I was falling in love with this person. So I was just kind of like completely ignoring red flags and just had, you know, ignoring. it's yeah. <laughs> the biggest you, red flags for you though. I mean, those are, yeah. It's, I mean like movies are your life, you know? It's true. It's true. I really should, like, I, I have come to acknowledge, though, that, you know, if I don't share similar movie tastes and they're, like, similar TV show tastes to someone, or it, it's just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I, I've, I've had those conversations with people. There have been people, I've met people who have 
just sworn that, you know, like opposites attract, everything's fine. As long as we can, you know, enjoy each other's company, it's fine. You know, not the case. I'm someone who I want to sit in front of the campfire and hear my stories, <laughs> you know, like this is, mm -hmm. it's the campfire of our tribe, you know, like these are our storytellers and our shamans and I adore them and I love them and I mm -hmm. want, I aspire to be among their ranks, you know. Um, so, so when I meet someone who doesn't have that same reverence for storytelling and for movies and for TV shows, it's hard for me. Um, I can kind of find like a balance with people who are like obsessed with books or obsessed with, you know, music. And like, sometimes there's a balance there, but they have to, we have to have some sort of like mesh of, you know, uh, complimentary, oh, I'm wiping off my makeup, um, but like complimentary taste. <laughs> So that's the I worst thing about wearing makeup. I can't touch my face at all. And it may also makes you itch. Weird. <laughs> yeah. So. Like whoever, like, come on. Whoever designed makeup, like, you couldn't have made it non-itchy? Uh, listen here, John L. Makeup Maker. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly. Maybe this, uh, becomes a, maybe this becomes a podcast about making makeup. Okay, <laughs> let, let me explain what my next issue is about to be tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have issues as soon as we're done with this podcast because this isn't coming off. I'm going to try as best I can. I'm going to rub olive oil on my face. I'm going to put my whole head <laughs> in a, like boiling water. I'm going to do anything I can to get this off. But I'm going to be a smurf at work tomorrow for sure. Like there is no chance. I am not. Gonna I'm going to. I'm going to fire back. And Tina basically told me that my hair because like she um she basically like she did the cool thing, but then she took like things like this and created like fake like dreadlocks with like. Uh -huh plastic hair ties and all this crazy stuff so i'm going to be spending probably at least 15 20 minutes after this episode records pulling all that out of my hair and then she says i have to brush oh. all the paste out of my hair with a wet brush and then i have to take a shower and brush it all out and so yeah it's going to be a process and i gotta do it again on halloween too but yeah well alternatively you could just wear it like that forever and be a model yeah i could yeah um actually wait 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 hold on what happened? Now you're just normal Thor. Emo Thor. This is my, this is my, this is my model horn. Model Give it to us. Give us blue steel. I kind of look like Gary Oldman when he's the like the, the drug kingpin in, in uh, True Romance. <laughs> Dra uh, Drexel? Drexel? Yes. God, Gary Oldman's such a good actor. Oh, he's so he's crazy. He's crazy good. He's going to become the next thing of our podcast, though, because I think it's like the second or third. Yeah, we talked about him last episode. We talked about Gary Oldman yeah. becoming a werewolf slash vampire character. Oh, so good. Yeah, Gary Oldman really is fantastic. I mean, there are some actors that just kind of disappear in the best way into the role. And it's, it's kind of funny that I bet most actors do it if we really think about it, but we don't give them the credit, you know, because it, it is it is actually more rare that I look at an actor and I'm like, <laughs> What? What? Oh, I was just thinking like actors disappeared to the role. I was thinking like one of like Zoolander's roommates in the first like sequence of Zoolander was like really into his role. Like we don't know like how good of a male model he played. Like we don't he's like not even a male model maybe. Yeah. And like he like sold us. Like yeah. Well, okay. Any of those roommates, crazy. any of those roommates could have just been normal. Dude, it could have been you just perfectly acting like a male. It looked like it seemed as if they just hired these people and they are those characters. That's how good of an actor those people are. Um, it is kind of amazing though when we never see people again. <laughs> you know, it's weird. No, they're just gone. Yeah, they're just gone forever. Orange Mocha Frappuccino and then you know playing with gas, and that was the last time we saw them. Maybe that was. Maybe they're really method actors. <laughs> <laughs> they got 
Really, yeah. Um, whole <laughs> lifetime. So, rip, rest in peace, uh, Zoolander. <laughs> Could you imagine dedicating your entire life to a five-minute sequence in a movie? Yeah. <laughs> like Zoolander? I, I feel like Christian Bale does that every time he gets cast in a movie. He's like, this might be it. This might be it for me. <laughs> and like, like, no, Christian, you don't really need to go all out. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to do, I'm going to eat tuna. It's gonna, I'm going to get real skinny. It's going to be great. Don't worry. But we don't really need you to be that skinny. Like, I, no, no, no. I'm going to starve myself with cigarettes and tuna. I think, I think in the future, like people will have to just never write Christian Bale as dying as a character or Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> We're in trouble. Just like, don't like, let him. You know what? Okay, so the best, I think the best idea, I know we're not, this is not a social issue podcast. However, let me solve the whole, all the world's problems right now and just tell you all we have to do is get someone to write a story in which our world becomes perfect and then give it to one of these method actors and just let them go into politics. <laughs> like, like if, if you don't think for a second that Gary Ullman could be the best president of the world if he's trying to be the best president in the world, he, you're wrong. Like he's, he could solve all of it. Like, if you want you want to cure cancer? You want to cure cancer? Just go. Just go tell any one of them. Go be like, hey, Joaquin, here's the script. Your character cures all these diseases. Guess what's going to happen? No diseases, <laughs> he's my gonna dance. He's going to dance down a flight of stairs and all cancer is going to disappear. Okay? That's what's going mean, to happen. Let's just be honest. Has anyone tried to dance down a flight of stairs to cure diseases? I've done it three times and nothing. Nothing as of yet, but maybe it's not my, it's not my call. I'm not a method actor. I'm I'm tapping into a power I do not have. It's probably what's happening. We talk about that. I mean, this is, it's a little more serious, but like I've, I have a personal issue with like talent being an inherent thing in people. And I think my only reason for that is because I'm afraid that I don't have talent myself <laughs> and that I have to work on everything. So I'm like, no. Talent's not real. If you work, you can be just as good as everyone else. I don't know if that's true. I know that like there are some things that like, okay, let's just say if you have like more dexterity in your fingers, you might be more likely to be a piano player. You might be someone who's who just, who has it more, who can play more easily. You know, and learning piano mm -hmm. comes more naturally to you because your fingers are naturally more flexible. It doesn't hurt. You don't have to put in as much work. Therefore it's easier, you know? So you do have that benefit and therefore talent, you know, like, um, it could be that way with everything. I don't know. What do you think about talent? Do you think that there are like some people who will never be artistic? And is it like, might even talent like natural like prodigy talent might even just be someone that understands the thing that you'll eventually understand before you understand it. You right. know what I'm saying? Like so, like a, like a prodigy drummer might just feel that beat, and eventually you'll unlock that lesson later on in life. Someone might know a technique or something that's just going to open your mind. Like, but I don't know. I think. I, I would say just like anything else in the world, mm -hmm. they're just like in video games. Everyone always says like, unless you're doing, you know, you have to follow the meta, like, and, you know, you have to do this, this and that. But the truth is like the top like in video games, for an example, the top, the top ranking players make up point, you know, 4% of the population of the players. Right. So like in the world, those prodigies that exist that are born, born like, they're going to make up like the top echelon. Like they're going to be the 1%, you know, yeah. there's still that above the 50th percentile group of people that are not prodigies and are just people that worked hard at it. Like, yeah. I feel like Tina's a great example of like willpower versus like natural talent, supposedly. Right. Cause like things come easy to me, mm -hmm. but 
I've always considered myself like a jack of all trades, a master yeah. of none. Like I can like dip my toes in everything, mm-hmm. but I can't really get better at it than, than the above average in that yeah. subcategory, you know? Yeah. And Tina's just one of those people that like, she doesn't have like a natural knack just to pick up anything, but the things that she focuses on, she's like flawless at. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Like I, I, well, it's, it's, there's the, that Malcolm Gladwell book, The Outliers, where he talks about the 10,000 hours. Um, and the mm-hmm. idea isn't just that, like, you randomly do a thing for 10,000 hours and you're magically, like, amazing at it. But it's, if you do a thing purposefully, like, with the intention of improving and actively trying to do better, you will basically be a master at it after 10,000 hours. That's the, that's just like the, the number that he derived from studying like the Beatles and a few other bands and a few other hockey players and different people. Um, but I think there's some truth to that as far as like consciously trying to improve, because I realize like something like guitar, for instance, I rarely consciously try to improve my guitar skills. So like they kind of plateau, you know, um, mm-hmm. which sucks for like writing music. And that's why I like when we write music, my I try to consciously get better as a writer. So like I think my lyrics and like my songwriting gets better. But I think that I always need you because you're better at consciously improving at guitar. You know, mm-hmm. like you like like the technical stuff. The technical stuff. Like I mean, you over me, you will always learn like the Coheed and Cambria songs. Um, like just basically note for note, and you know, do your best. Whereas I will be comfortable faking something by myself as long as I can like sing along to it. You know, so. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, because of that, my improving, like, my my gradual escalation as a guitar player just plateaus, whereas yours will continue to grow ever, you know, like, incrementally, depending on how, you know, intense you decide to practice. And I've actually, I was actually talking about that with Tina recently, too. Like, as an artist, for for yourself, like, I feel like some artists, like, have the benefit of just focusing on that one art form that they really enjoy, like like painters and stuff like that like they just paint you know what i'm saying like but like for us i mean you're, you're like kind of in the same boat as me like yeah, for sure i would say music is just as important as my my drawings you know what i'm saying like so like or like my my pencils and things like that so like have you ever noticed or have you ever felt like when you put too much energy into one like you lose some of your edge in the other like i feel like I, think, I have weeks like that. Yeah, I think that's a big fear of mine. And I think it's, it, for me personally, th- I, that's kind of manifested it the most with drawing and writing because I spend, I have to spend a lot of time drawing my comic book. And then by the time I'm done drawing a full issue, when I actually like have time and energy to write again, I feel like I'm rusty. And then I, I, I really get upset with myself because I prefer to write, you know? So I'm like, I've been slowly improving my art, which is good and makes me feel better about the books, but then I'm worried that the next issues aren't going to be as good, you know, as with the writing. So I've been trying to be a little bit better about flexing those muscles or like, uh, you know, like doing like kind of exercising those muscles, you know, to, to try to maintain and, you know, continue with my writing while I'm drawing, but it's really hard to do both. Like I, I, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's, it's like a time management thing. It's, you know, opportunity costs. Like as the more I draw, the less opportunity I have to write. And the more I write, the less opportunity I have to draw. And, you know, in the the meantime, I, I do always feel like, you know, something's on the back burner and it sucks. I like to think that, um, that like, there's still like like a, a gradual notch growing on on either and that i'm just mm-hmm. not appreciating that gradual growth because i want it to be faster you know um, yeah and i just i just hope there's almost like a checkpoint 
that yeah. you can reach in one before like you, so you don't drop below that point like in Sonic right. or something like that um but like drawing for me for example because I hadn't drawn in uh, like a couple years like from like our last comic basically yeah. like I just I mean I, I doodle but I didn't like draw draw for like right. a long time and I drew the first page and the second page and then like I was like you know drawing hands and stuff again I'm like like why am I having such a and then like I remember I'm like oh yeah like these like and it's this is gonna sound so stupid but like just a simple like doing three-dimensional shapes first and like things like that like oh yeah I remember I used to use this technique like all the time when I was like drawing scavengers and and absentees but like I like had forgot that little lesson I had taught like one even like something as simple as like one plane perspective I had forgotten the rules on that and like and I was like oh yeah I used to do this all the time like this is nothing like I don't understand why I forgot this and it's because of all that time I wasn't doing it but now since I've been drawing so much lately, dude, like when I play guitar, like, and I've been playing like a lot, for example, I've been playing a lot of acoustic guitar lately. And like, so then when I go back to playing like my electric, like I, I feel so sluggish. Like I'm just like, the, the, cause the same techniques aren't there, you know? And like, I'm mm-hmm. like, man, like there's just not enough time in the day, you know, like for me to like enjoy these varying art forms. And it's just, it's been frustrating lately. Yeah. I asked, um, I asked on Twitter, uh, you know, like, how when people like other writers and creators with with children like how they manage because i i have trouble juggling you know my creative life with my parental life and my work life so and i I mean i I do okay i'm probably just way too hard on myself but i want to improve and you know work whenever i can um Mm -hmm. i I tend to be someone who's just like when I'm with my son I want to just be there with him all the time like I can't I become way too aware of just like his childhood as a whole and you know like as if every single moment he's going to remember that moment as defining his whole childhood you know like I get I get scared that like every once in a while I'm like oh my gosh I'm not hanging out with him he's going to think I was never around you know like I I, I know that's not true but I feel you know but you're right though i mean like when i think about my childhood there's like like it's like a handful of moments for some weird reason i mean yeah. he actually sat there and like tried to experience everything i could because yeah. you know like memories are almost like folders on a computer you know right. like you have like these these folders with these names on it that, like it's like that's how you access that area of your life like mm-hmm. uh like you know if i think of like tommy i, I have like that right. that folder of like that era of time and if i start really pondering on it, i can think of like varying memories that i wouldn't be able to think of if i didn't just oh, sit there oh, and thought for sure yeah you know, so like, but yeah, like, I, I agree. Like, I, I can see that fear being real because I've had that thought with like Cammy and stuff. He's like, Cammy and I have some, Cammy Chase and I have some really great moments. But then there's some moments where like, she's just watching videos and I'm, I'm doing something. I'm busy doing something. I'm like, man, is she going to think like, I wasn't around enough. Like my dad yeah. was always drawing. My dad was always working. My dad was, you know, never around to spend time with me. It's like, I really hope that's not the case. I mean, I'd like to think that I'm a better, I'm a better father than my father was. Right. And I mean, that's, I, that should be the goal, that even if your father goal. was incredible. Like, even if your father was the best father in the world, your goal should still be to be a better father or at least an equally as great father as him. So, like, of course. Um, but, yeah, like, I can see how, like, I, I, can, I, I understand that anxiety. I mean, that's crossed my mind, too. Yeah, my poor father, because, like, my father was, a, was like, a, um, he was, like, a really good football player. Uh, and my brother and I are both huge. I mean, I'm like six four, six four, like you know, two ninety, three hundred pounds. Like I'm a, my, my legs are huge. Like, and then my brother, same deal. Like Brandon is like taller than me, like same size, same build. And we're just like, hey, dad, 
we're gonna like play video games and draw that's our, that's our plan like that's what we're gonna do with our lives and he's yeah. over there like sad no he he'll be proud i mean no, he's proud he's proud he likes the he's part of the facebook group right <laughs> <laughs> it's just so you don't know how many times i'm like oh did you play football like i get I'm like absolutely yeah. no actually i played i was playing music and drawing yeah. pictures <laughs> i was in the talent show I was in a talent show, lost to these two these two droolas, as Rufio would say. R.I.P. Spoiler alert for a uh, hook. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, oh, looky, man. looky, I got hooky, but he didn't have hooky. That's he the problem, Rufio. Yeah, I, I don't get that at all. Okay, you know something else I realized recently, Stephen? Something that just occurred to me as a full this adult person. I'm not even <laughs> kidding, dude. I'm, it's so dumb. It's so dumb just speaking of lines that don't actually make sense that you're like, that's so cool when you're young. Mm-hmm. Men in Black, Will Smith says, NYPD. It means I'll knock your punk ass down. <laughs> knock starts with a K, buddy. <laughs> we just accepted it. <laughs> Why did you have to shatter that glass for me? <laughs> Why did you do that? Now Men in Black is sullied forever. Now I'm going to go on Twitter. Now I'm going to complain about how I dislike that entire trilogy. Something I've been thinking about is there's, it was something we kind of touched on even earlier in this very episode, but like that we're trying to leap to the end, right? We're, we're you know, uh, yeah. uh, there's obviously going to be a beginning, a middle and an end. There's going to yeah. be chapters of this, this progress, this story. Um, what do you think it's going to look like? Cause it's, here's the thing, like, and unless we're extremely fortunate and extremely lucky lucky it's not going to go from us working where we work and then suddenly us not working where we work it's probably going to be like some sort of hybrid where we take off more days during the week because now we're making money from this but we still need to supplement income so like i think that's what's going to look like right that's what i was thinking like it's probably eventually gonna be me working less days at one so i can continue to feed the other more because we're making enough here to, to do that now. Basically. That would be the, I mean, that's the best case scenario. Yeah, for sure. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, what my hope is, is that basically I want to do the math uh, for crowds, crowdfunding so that I can pay you a page rate that would be appropriate for all the work that you're doing. And I think mm-hmm. that that's like the fairest way to go. Um, I don't, I don't know. I've never even considered like, what's fair as far as like what writers get i always just imagine we're going to split everything 50 50 no matter what Dude, as as- and if you want to if you want to call it now like that's how i've, I've always been like you know he's kind of he's kind of majority of the story writing and stuff. i kind of feel wrong just drawing his ideas and like but like the 50 50 is how i've always like yeah. thought of it and thought it would be yeah. great that way because we both contribute that's the thing like yeah. we it, it it's you're not i'm not the only one coming up with like drawings and like perspectives and shots and like you're not the only one necessarily coming up with every piece of dialogue and things like that no, so no yeah dude I, I if you want to use this episode as as our contractual agreement i am completely down with 50 50 yeah I'm not- i have i have no like i'm like i said i'd be happy if this was just what we did forever and we just made stuff um, <laughs> no yeah no yeah so, but i'm just saying like, like i'm totally yeah, cool with that. yeah of course <laughs> i'm always okay with just splitting but you know splitting it right down the middle but um but whatever happens like i like i said so with crowd my my plan right now is just to make sure that it's a a good enough book and successful on like the crowdfunding so we can get whatever profit there is to you to pay for those pages at the very least like to, Mm -hmm. to supplement that time and just hopefully have enough to or we're trying to have enough to print like an initial run and get the book around 
Um, and then we're just going to put the book out, you know, through Amazon, put the book, um, the Indie Planet, like, you know, everywhere we can online that we'll distribute however we can. At dinner last night, I was just still making jokes about ostrich frogs and like, I'm just a big lovable guy. Like when I start talking, when I start saying things like, um, so like the conversation with Tina is becoming. How many ostriches? Yeah, like, so what's their demeanor? Right. Like, how much do they eat? Once you start asking That's questions important. like that, yes. I mean, I, I, I got it. I'm yeah, the hook is in. The hook is in. So, like, but I was reading and I guess ostriches are like loving birds, which I didn't know. I thought they would just be, you know, hate monsters and I would just have to like tame them with my, my hammer. But like, uh, I guess they're like really loving to like their farmers. Like, uh, they're, what they're not loving to is like complete strangers so i told oh we have to be best friends with him like we basically have like seven foot guard dogs <laughs> like yes. what we have like we buy we buy like four ostriches and it's just like you break in they're gonna kill you <laughs> like i love you have a bad time bob um but yeah like then she started she's like what about food i'm like i was like looking it up i was like man babe we could even have an avocado tree because these things dude did you know ostriches will eat lizards and rodents like if if, if they come across it they're just gonna go oh, and just like of course, why wouldn't they? They're a giant Perfect bird, birds. but like, yeah. but yeah, but anyways. Um, so what do you think you're going to accomplish before I talk to you again? Ooh, okay. What my plan is for the, this next week is I'm actually going to be super ambitious this week and just finish. <laughs> I'm going to, okay, but here's the thing. I, when I say finish, like I've been writing these chapters for, for you to read, um, I'm writing all of the, the panel descriptions and all of the dialogue, um, but I still have a narration that I'm gonna write. I've been saving that for last because I, I'm just, mm -hmm. I've been intentionally leaving, like knowing where it's gonna be, but not worrying about it. Cause I know I'm gonna focus the most on that once all of the, all of your stuff is to you. Which there's been like little spaces on the, some of the panels I've been doing where I've like, I've been wanting to fill up, you know what? There's gonna be a narration. I'm gonna be able to cram a lot of, I'm just gonna, I already, I have a, there's enough busyness going on with our, I'll have plenty of film with the font, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my plan for this week, uh, Atlas goes with his mom this week. Ooh. For, well, for two days, you know, but like, but, but still... in the, in those two days, I'm not doing anything. I'm not dating. I, I'm just going to go to work and write on this thing, you know? So if I can peel myself away from Twitter, um, I'm just going to, I'll just write the rest of the book. So I have, it's only, I have, hang on. Yeah, it's just two chapters. It's just two chapters to write. So you're going to finish writing it. I'm going to finish. What's your plan? I'm going to finish page three. Okay, for cool. sure. I, I, like I said, like I even told you earlier, you might even be able to show page three right now. Let's just do it. Let's, well, I'll at least show whatever you feel comfortable sending me okay. by like the next. The episode. blues are done. So, I mean, I mean, the blues are basically done. So, oh, yeah. So it seems like we have a pretty good game plan. Yeah. Um, I think we're good.